Well, amen. Isn't it wonderful to be able to celebrate a baptism today? I was around Cohen's age when I was baptized myself, so that brought back some pretty fond memories. I was baptized in a, in a trough about knee-high, and so uh, that was a little bit more difficult for those that were baptizing me, but always a, a wonderful moment. So that's fantastic. I love celebrating those things. As usual, I want to open with a few jokes before we get going. So a cable repairman was on the street. He asked me what time it was, and I told him it's between 8 and 12. I got one really good laugh. That's all I need. I'll keep going. Did you know that the first French fry wasn't cooked in France? It was cooked in Greece. <laughs> Lots of groans there. Perfect. Perfect. Wild falcons live to be about 13. Did you guys know that? And so all the falcons that are around right now are all millennial falcons. <laughs> oh, man. I love them. Love those jokes. You know, I find it ironic that God places people that are usually quite a bit different from each other together. Kristen is a morning person. I'm an evening person. She knows what she thinks, how she feels, and how to debate her point immediately uh, upon hearing of something, and I don't understand that because I take time to process. I don't know how I think or how I feel or how to express any of those thoughts or feelings until I've had a good chunk of time to think about it and even pray about it. So she can beat me in a debate any day she wants to, and that's, she, you know, she already knows that. She just, this isn't new to her. She likes to toss dishes into the dishwasher, and I like to actually fit everything in there as much as I can. Sometimes I think she opens the door, grabs the stuff, and just throws it in, shuts the door, and hits start. You know, it was uh, one of our first times together since after we started dating uh, that I went to go visit her. Uh, I stayed at her apartment while she stayed at her mom and dad's, about a 30-minute drive away. And so I, I, I did not want to be late. I didn't want her waiting on me. And so I got up early. I got, I got ready. I got ready for the day. I was, I was ready. And just about the same time that I got ready, she texted and said, hey, I'm just leaving mom and dad's. I'll be there in about 30 minutes. So I was all ready. So what do I do? So I looked around and I thought, well... There's a few things I can, I can do around here. I made a mess, a bit of a mess cleaning up. Now, I got some time, so I'll clean up. So I got the dishes done. I cleaned up a little bit in the bathroom, tidied up around in the living room and kitchen area. And so I, uh, I thought, I'll just bless her a little bit. I, I got time. So when she showed up, she opened the door, and her jaw hit the floor. She was so upset that I would clean her place, that I would demonstrate that I could not believe that she was so messy. And so we got into this really, really intense discussion on the first full day of me seeing her in over, not even seeing her, her in over a month. And so that was, uh, that was a pretty intense conversation. Uh, now, now she gets upset if I don't clean up. So we're incredibly different people, but I know that God has put us together. So when my weaknesses step on the toes of her weaknesses, there's potential for a, a, 
an intense conversation or, or even a debate or a fight. But you know what? We can each push past those things. We can each desire to not be offended, to push past these things and to enjoy what we have in each other. Relationships can be complicated, whether it's with a friend, uh, a coworker, a family member, or, or whomever. Relationships are tricky. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that your word brings life, that you bring life. And Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would bring words, or you would bring life to these words, Lord God, that you, you would speak life today. And Lord, that as we are in your word, Lord, that we would recognize the things that are no longer us because we are new creations in Christ. And Lord, that we would live in the fullness that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. As individuals, we are complex. We all have all sorts of reasons for doing the things that we do. We have desires, wants, needs, fears, triggers, dreams, strengths, and weaknesses, some of which we can tell you right up front and we can express it very clearly and others of which we don't know how, all, all of the details of these things and we can't express them so clearly. So when we combine two or more individuals uh, together, we combine all of these things together and so we have a recipe for either greatness or disaster. And so we, can, we have to be wise with our words and what we do. We can have some miscommunications and misunderstandings very easily when we're with other people. Relationships are so routinely complicated that it's complicated is one of the 11 relationship options in Facebook. If you look on your Facebook, there's 11 options. One of them says it's complicated because relationships can be complicated. But you know what? Forgiveness is not. Relationships can be complicated, but forgiveness is not. Forgiveness may be hard sometimes. It may seem downright impossible, but forgiveness is not complicated. When someone hurts us, intentionally or not, we need to forgive. We need to not hold on to unforgiveness because it doesn't hurt them, it hurts us. Holding on to unforgiveness is unbiblical and it's ungodly. I want to tell you about an account from the Old Testament of a very powerful example of forgiveness in an ugly situation. The story starts with David and Bathsheba. David is watching this woman on her rooftop bathe, and he lusts after her. He wants to be with her, and so he ends up knowing her biblically, if you know what I mean. And years later, his eldest son, David's eldest son, Amnon um, struggled with a similar situation. Amnon was so overcome with lust for his sister, Tamar, that he actually was ill. He was just ill with lust. He was so filled with lust. He was actually physically sick. And so he had asked, can I have Tamar come and take care of me? Can I have her come and Help me mend me back to health. And, and so David said, yeah, sure. 
And so Tamar, with others, in the room, were, were helping mend Amnon back to health. And then Amnon sent everybody else out of the room. And that's when Amnon raped Tamar. And the Bible says that immediately after he raped her, he hated her. He hated her. And then he sent her out of the room, which made it look like she was actually making advances on him. And so when the truth finally came out about what actually happened, David did nothing because it reminded him of his situation that he was in with Bathsheba, and he was ashamed. But another of David's sons, Absalom, was furious over what happened, and he vowed he would get back to Amnon, that he would take care of it. And so it actually took Absalom two years, but eventually he did kill Amnon, and then he fled he was in the, he, it, fleeing, he was gone for three years when we pick up our story here. And it says that David was aching, was so desperate, wanting to be with his son Absalom, that he was wanting to restore that relationship. So our key text for the day is 2 Samuel 14, 14, if you want to get there. But this is from a wise woman who wanted to talk to King David and wanted to plead to see Absalom restored in his relationship with King David, while at the same time not speaking too boldly to get herself killed. So 2 Samuel 14, 14 says, Like water spilled on the ground, which cannot be recovered, so we must die. But that is not what God desires. Rather, he devises ways so that a banished person may not remain banished from him. Follow God's example, forgive. King David was being very kindly rebuked for not forgiving and restoring his relationship with his son, Absalom. God's heart is always for restoration in relationships, always. He loves seeing people push push past the issue and to value the other person and not the problem. He loves it when we push past those things and restore our relationships. In this verse at hand, the word banished is used. If a person is banished, then they did something horrible. And they are actually, uh, they're not included. They are rejects. And that is not what God desires. That's, so this is not a callous forgiveness. This is not a, a trite forgiveness that is used of God here in this, in this example. But this is a deep, heartfelt forgiveness that is being called of David. This is a very powerful scripture on forgiveness and on our need to forgive. Here's another example. Ephesians 4, 32 through 5, 2. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ for God, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Follow God's example, forgive. Here's another verse, Matthew 6, 12 through 15. And forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people 
when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. There's absolutely no wiggle room here, folks. We are to forgive. Follow God's example. Forgive. You may be thinking, I get this principle, Pastor Mike. I know what you're saying, but you don't know what they did to me. And you're right, I don't know what they did to you. I don't know, but I do know this principle. There's no wiggle room in this principle. We do need to forgive. No, I'm not saying you have to give them a key to your house and you have to absolutely welcome them back into your life with open arms. There is a good place for healthy boundaries, but you do need to forgive. The Bible makes it clear it's our responsibility to forgive because Christ has forgiven us. There's no debt known to man that cannot be forgiven by a Christ follower. So not only is 2 Samuel 14, 14 a scripture on forgiveness, but it's also a scripture on not bringing death. That's not what God wants. God doesn't want to bring death, and he doesn't want us to bring death either. What's better than not bringing death is, of course, to bring life. It's been mentioned many times already today. Through the power of Jesus' resurrection, we have the ability and the command to bring life into the situations that we're in and the relationships that we're in. God doesn't want us to just not bring death, but he wants us to bring life into these situations. What I find so beautiful about 2 Samuel 14, 14 is that in it they use the words that God devises ways so that a banished person may not remain banished from him. So I see God coming up with plans, inventing, concocting, creating, just, just conceiving plans to bring life, to take away death. And I, I just, it reminds me of my other favorite verse, John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come. They may have life and have it to the full. Follow God's example, bring life, bring life. God is devising ways to bring life. He's figuring out in each of our situations, in each of our lives, how to bring more life into our lives. He's looking at it, and he is creative still. He wasn't just creative in creation, but he is a creative God. And so right now, he is being creative in your life. He's devising ways to stave off death, and he's devising ways to bring life into your situation. Because there are people still, there's a lot of us still that aren't living in the full life that Jesus died and resurrected to give us. God's not distant, just watching us overhead and just examining what we're doing. No, the veil to the Holy of Holies is torn, and he's here with us now. He's here. He is present with us. And he's wanting others to be present with us too, to live the abundant life that Jesus died to give us. Satan steals, kills, and destroys. And Christ not only brings life, but he is life. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
Jesus is life. He and he is in us. So we have limitless life to give other people in our words and in our actions. Follow God's example. Bring life. To protect the innocent, I'm going to use, uh, not use names in this next example from my life, but I, I really, really badly hurt a, a good friend of mine. And I didn't do it deliberately, but I, I, I ended up hurting them. And you know what? I could have gotten away with never telling them, but I knew that wasn't the right thing to do. I knew I needed to confess, and I knew I need, needed to tell them what I did. And so I told them. I apologized and I asked for their forgiveness. Well, they were furious with me, furious. And it took a, a mediator, a, a mutual friend, to, to help us to talk it out properly. And you know what? Now we are closer than we've ever been. But it was really tense there. I wasn't too sure if we were going to make it, if I was going to make it out of that room alive. When I think about some of the most powerful situations in my life, half of them are when someone forgave me for something I did. Half of them are because I've done something wrong, but I received life when they forgave me, when our relationship was restored. The other half are times when I'm so weak and I'm so exhausted and I'm just at the end of my rope, and someone, whether they're really intentional about it and they even are aware of what they're saying to me or not, and they speak such pure words of life to me that speak so much so to the situation that I'm in that that's the other half of the words of life that I've received. You know, in the English language, three phrases I can think of are the most powerful phrases to bring life. I'm sorry, I forgive you, and I love you. And those three phrases are so powerful and bring life when we speak them genuinely and out of the goodness of our heart. You know, I I carry around uh, a few things every day, and one of the things that I carry around with me every day is a little... Knife. It's a little jackknife, a little pocket knife. Knives are praised by some, and they are feared by others. Um, I use a knife almost every day. I use it to open up packages or envelopes. I use it to get out splinters from my hands. I use it to cut off annoying tags on the back of clothes or my kids' clothes. I use it to cut ticks and spiders in half. And I also use it sometimes to cut up an apple, but yes, I always wipe it clean and make sure it's clean after I cut up a spider. I, I don't go straight from the spider to the apple. So knives can be used to cut and hurt people in serious ways, but knives can also be used in surgeries as scalpels to help heal and to bring and to restore life to people. Both knives and words can be used to give life or take it away. And when we won't forgive someone, it's like they've they've stabbed us. They have hurt us. And we're bleeding. And we cover over it right away. But instead of forgiving them and letting it get cleaned and leaving it alone, we keep picking at it. We keep covering over it with our dirty hands. 
We keep examining it and we keep opening it up and not letting it heal and it gets infected. We need to clean it and to leave it alone, we need to forgive. Forgiveness is one of the ways in which we bring life to the person we forgive and to ourselves. The other is to speak or give life into others by the life Christ gives us. Where is God devising ways to bring more life to you? Are you letting fear or anger or your need to control or your desire to still hold a grudge stop God? Have you been sabotaging His work? Have you been undermining what God is combining? Have you been ignoring where God is restoring? If there's an area of your life that needs life, I know God is devising ways to bring more life into that situation. I know that because of the scripture and because he is life. I want to close and I want to invite you to to take a look and to really ask yourself, Lord, where do I need life? And where is it that you are trying to bring life? You're devising ways to bring more life into this situation, but I'm not cooperating. And God, how can I cooperate with what you're doing? If you could stand and we'll close in a prayer. Even at home, if, if you could just stand up and let, we're just gonna close in prayer. Father, we thank you so much that you devise ways to stave off death and you devise ways to bring more life and that in our every area of our lives lord god you are wanting to bring more life so that we can have life to the full and so lord wherever we are not cooperating with you would you show us wherever we are not forgiving others would you show us that too lord we want to be quick to forgive We don't want to hold on to grudges. We don't want to cover over and keep the infections in those wounds. But Lord, we want to be quick to forgive because you were so quick to forgive us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I said Jesus was so quick to forgive us. You know what? When we were still sinners, you can take a seat now. When we were still sinners, when we weren't living for God, God sent Jesus to die for us and to take our place on the whipping post and on the cross. And so Jesus was the perfect sacrifice where we could not be that perfect sacrifice. And if you want to give your life to Jesus today because you recognize, you know what, I can't do this. I can't be perfect. But you know what, none of us can. And Jesus did that for you. And so if you want to do that today, you just admit that you're not perfect, believe Jesus was that perfect sacrifice on the cross, and choose to follow him today and every day. I'm going to lead you in a quick prayer doing just that right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that even though I'm not perfect, that you were that perfect sacrifice, that you died for me. 
And so I choose today to give you my life. And I choose to live for you every day of this life that you've given me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time today, then angels are rejoicing in heaven. That's what the Bible says. And I am rejoicing with you as well. And I'd love to give you resources to help you in your relationship with Jesus. And so please email me at amen at livinghope-ca.org. And I would love to put those resources in your hands and to help walk you through what it is to live for Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I pray that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. And we'll see you at the drive-in services next week. God bless.